something is wrong, and it's time to stand up. You are listening to the John Age Show. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. You found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the Anomic Age, and I'm your host, John Age, coming at you in the wee hours of the AM here from the East Coast. North Carolina, that is. So thanks for being with us this evening. Thanks for bearing with the microphone problems, and uh, now my sudden... Almost outburst. So thanks for being with us. Please check out anomicage.com. Share the links. Friends, family, loved ones, and enemies. Looks a little bit like this if you're seeing that on your screen. If not, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Anomicage.com looks a little like this. From the bottom there, or I suppose midway to the bottom... PayPal.me forward slash Anomic Age, Patreon.com forward slash Anomic Age as well. Like all the likes, subscribe to all the subscriptions, and otherwise, keep doing what you're doing. If not, please, do your parts. Share all this on whatever social media platform you happen to be on. If you're at the water cooler, tell them. John H. Project, anomicage.com, check it out. And most importantly, I can't underscore this enough. I mean, nothing I do is free around here, and I've done so much moving around on the back end that no one will ever see. But the bills are still the same. I didn't really take any bills off the table. I just stopped doing things and ended subscriptions and all this other stuff so I could move monies to other parts of the Anomic Age, things that you'll never see. You see, I was getting all sorts of interference there for about a week on the site. So I upped the security and changed things around and pretty much just uh, rearranged some deck chairs, I suppose you could say. But nevertheless, it is uh, stronger, better, and more powerful than ever at the Anomic Age. Just not so you can see. But you don't care about that. You want to hear about this, right? The title of this episode is Imprinting, and Carrie was thank, uh, thankfully nice enough to send me this link when she was responding to uh, to one of the previous shows that I just put out last week, and it's from Plandemic Series, PlandemicSeries.com, and this little piece is entitled The Dangers of Education from Dr. Mark McDonald, and it was awesome. It was great. It was kind of everything I've been saying, just with better lighting and from an interviewer, not just a host. And Maybe it sounded a little bit more eloquent, but I loved what the kind doctor was saying there. I believe Dr. Mark McDonald is a psychiatrist, if I'm not mistaken. I could be on, could be a psychologist. I'm not sure. I think in psychiatrist. But nevertheless, he was just um, saying what I've been saying. Get your kids out of the cult of academia. Get out. 
<laughs> to quote the demonic voice from the Amityville Horror, the original 1970s variety, not that remake bollocks, by the way. Get out. When the priest is in there to try to bless the house, and the spooky demonic voice orders him to get out. And that's what I would also recommend of anyone who has offspring of any sort. Biological offspring, adopted offspring, godparents offspring, if your grandparents or great-grandparents, get your children, grandchildren, and anyone you care about out of the cult of academia. I've said that many times. I've said that. K through 12 indoctrination, college, university weaponization. And that's easy enough. It's a nice little limerick to remember. Credit me, by the way. But nevertheless, it's a nice little limerick to remember. And I think, you know, it might do some small part in helping people to ease out of the cult of academia. But I would go far beyond easing out. I would run as if you were in a crowded theater and someone screams fire, I would run from the cult of academia out as quickly as humanly possible out of that cult of indoctrination. But tonight, I want to get into a bit more than just the obvious indoctrination by the cult of academia. Because, I mean, I think that's just obvious now. I, I say that, but, I, I mean, I know there's true believers and cult members that will never leave the cult of academia. After all, it's free, right? I mean, that's what somebody told me one time. It's free. Of course I'm going to send my kids there. It's free. <laughs> well, you know, it's free like the bait at the end of the hook. It's free like the poison in the roach motel. It's free like the candy the pedophile will get you as they grab your blip and backside up and whisk you away to some unfortunate end. All that's free too. But is it really free? No, it isn't. Because the cost of sending your children to the cult of academia is their very soul. It's their very... Existence. It's not just that even. It's our very future. All that is the actual cost of that quote-unquote free, we paid for it with our tax dollars, education in the cult. But I think we all know that, or at least we should at least be able to rub a few brain cells together and figure that one out. That's easy enough, huh? But it's far more insidious and nefarious than just the cult of academia. Because what I'm getting to this evening is imprinting. And if you look up imprinting, it gets into the biological and the psychological, and I would also throw in there sociological. But the biological, I guess, being the most obvious when it talks about imprinting of ducks and geese and various types of fowl. But the first thing that they see as they hatch, being those ducks, geese, or aforementioned fowl, would be their mom, the mother goose, the mother duck, and so forth. And that immediate bonding begins their imprintation. 
they immediately identify the mother as their mother. Holy goodness, I know somebody's going, oh, no, you didn't say the M word, did you? I did. I did. Because, yeah, it's a biological fact, folks. All those worshipers in the cult of academia are the same folks worshiping the cult of science. But it is indeed a fact. Mothers, fathers, biological XXs and XYs producing Zygotes, embryos, and offspring. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, back to the point at hand. Yeah, that's exactly what happens is that imprinting begins at birth and so forth. And finally, they are figuring this out, or I should say probably refiguring this out because there's nothing new under the sun. I think we figured this out centuries ago, but they figured out the importance of that bonding ritual between mother and offspring too. I'm talking about the adult and the baby variety here in the humans, uh, you know, those homo sapiens sapiens, those wise, wise folks. Yeah, they've uh, finally had to admit that's pretty doggone important. That skin to skin bonding right there after the birth process, that skin to skin connection between the mother and the offspring. Well, what do you know? It actually works out as uh, as planned. That skin-to-skin uh, causes endorphins and all sorts of wonderful hormones to exchange between the parent and the offspring. And just like those ducks, it begins an imprinting process. So unlike many of the animal kingdom, uh, that imprinting process is also crucial with the fathers as well. I know that's also very blasphemous in the day and age that we live in today where... We're not supposed to say mother, father. We're, we're supposed to say what, like parental unit or some bull such as that. But as a matter of fact, the bonding is crucial between the mother and the offspring and the father and the offspring too. You see, all that imprinting takes place with both. And it's very key and uh, muy importante por los niños. ¿Sabes? Por supuesto, así. Uh, it's very crucial. It's important. And I think now, I hope at least, we're, we're figuring this whole thing out if we had forgotten this. But this imprinting is crucial. The mimicking. The mimicking what the mother or what the father does. It's crucial. It's crucial in that child's developmental process or processes in the development of the individual, in the development of the self, in the development of that child from a baby to a child to an adolescent and eventually an adult. But we somehow think that this imprinting stops, I suppose, when we reach adulthood, when we magically reach the... uh, Age of 18, all that imprinting just stops. And and we've all magically got it all figured out, and we just don't do that anymore. Right? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite movies is Jaws, and one of the, I think, often overlooked scenes in Jaws is, is the father character and one of his sons, I believe it's the youngest son there, 
the son begins mimicking the father, everything he's doing at the dinner table. I believe it's at breakfast if you want to be specific, but he's at the, the kitchen table there, and his youngest son begins mimicking him with the newspaper and with various various movements that the father's doing. And it's one of those often overlooked scenes in the movie, I think, but it's crucial because it shows the imprinting. It shows the mimicry. And it shows some of these very crucial steps that always takes place between parents and offspring. Always takes place. And these are very important and crucial steps, as I said before. But they don't go away. I mean, this this transcends always into adulthood. I mean, I've noticed this throughout my entire life. If I hang out with someone long enough, we'll both begin sort of saying the same phrases as each other and actually acting in similar ways and so forth and so on. I think we like to think that we, we reach this magical age and that just doesn't happen anymore. We're too sophisticated. We're too strong. We're too forthright or what have you. But it's just not true. That mimicry and that imprinting does take place no matter who you are or what you're involved in. I mean, that's just a fact. Which brings me back to the point of the day. The importance of imprinting and most importantly, the importance of imprinting the right things. So we're in a day and age now where we're about three or four generations deep into less fathers in each generation. Less fathers in the home. And as I touched on in the last episode, I mean, we can thank FDR for that sort of kicking off these things with the the New Deal and just sort of the advent of social programs. Social programs to replace the social capital brought forth by friendships and civic organizations. Social programs to usurp the church. Social programs to uh, just do away with that sense of community. It seems seemed harmless enough perhaps at the time and it seems also beneficial. But as we look back, I don't know if we could all agree upon that. I certainly wouldn't. Because I think we need those safety blankets, those semblances of security that are brought forth by the community, by the church, by the friendship, social capital and bonds that are formed by neighbors. So we've virtually done away with all that, and then we moved forward into LBJ, and we had even more social programs to make sure there's less fathers in the homes by offering welfare at increasing rates for more children, and most specifically, more children without fathers in the homes. And then we coupled that with the war on drugs that, of course, they put in the communities in the first place to sabotage the family, to sabotage the bonds and imprinting of families upon offspring. Some may say this was happenstance. I would say it was a consorted effort to weaken the bonds of the community, of the neighbors and the neighborhood and the, the church most specifically. And then we flash forward and we get the full frontal assault on the family, or I, I would call it a more of a panzer attack, pincer attack on the family from all angles.
So some, again, would say this was happenstance. I would say it would be a consorted effort, a very overt, if not subvert, action to destroy the family, to destroy the imprinting of the bonds for mother and father, and in its place put the imprinting of the state, the imprinting of those public indoctrination centers, the imprinting of ever-increasingly moralless peers. Of course, supersaturated by lovely things like the contrived counterculture, the contrived drug culture, the contrived um, worship of false idols and false heroes through the Hollywood and sports idolatry that we saw 60, 50 some odd years ago, and it's really just personified at ever greater depths in today's society. So the real deal is you're seeing less and less of that imprinting by the family, less and less imprinting by the fathers and the mothers, and more imprinting by everything else. Everything else being those very much controllable variables within those uh, big jigsaw puzzles that we call a culture or a society or country. So that's what we've seen at an ever-increasing clip. And I mean, we can trace the roots back a long, long ways. So if you look at traditional families, heck, if you want to go all anthropological on me, I'd love to. So if you look at traditional cultures, be that Native American, Aboriginal, African, whatever you like, the most important bond in every traditional culture is what? Well, it's the family. Ding, ding, ding. It's the family. So when we got here in the Americas, the nuclear family became the norm. The family, the importance of family didn't change nor decrease. It was still the importance of the family. But the nuclear family became the sacrosanct of the West. If you look at other cultures, be that pastoral, foraging, horticulturalist, they had a broader network than just the nuclear family. They had multiple families together. They had multiple communities together and so forth and so on. But specifically in the West, I mean, you could look at that lens through a lesser extent as being very much true in Europe or, or just Western society in general. But I'll look at it through the American lens because guess what? I'm an American it's, and here we are. But the nuclear family did become sacrosanct. So if we go back 100 plus, 200 years, I mean, that was it. There was no distractions. There were no idle amusements that we see today. There was the nuclear family. And this notion of this adolescence or this prolonged adolescence, well, that didn't even exist. You began working as soon as, as soon as you could work. You began working in the family. You began doing chores. You began bailing hay. You began slopping the hogs. You began cleaning up after yourself, cooking after yourself, and otherwise taking care of yourself at a much earlier age. Because it was crucial for the survival of the family. 
But all this imprinting was taking place as it should within the family, specifically with the mother and the father. Those bonds, those imprinting keys passed down from one generation to the next. So you didn't see this uh, this dilution of the culture that you see today. You did not see this dilution of of familial codes, familial bonds, familial morals and mores that we see in today's just just obliterated, diluted cultural fabric of today. It didn't exist then because you didn't have all these distractions. You began seeing more and more distractions as people began to be more literate, but they weren't the distractions of today. They were still using the beta portion of your brain because you didn't switch into that alpha state of that hypnagogic mindset from the flicker rate of the television screens, computers, and devices because the book actually brought you greater sense of higher learning, a greater sense of intelligence, a greater sense of using that beta portion of your brain, the imaginative, the problem-solving, the intellectual. So the books, I would not say, were a problem. Did they influence outside of the familial unit? Yes. To what degree? I'd say quite minuscule because at the end of the day, the family unit was together. There was less fractured families than we could even fathom. And those families functioned and worked together for the greater good, for the survival of the family. Easy enough, right? So the books weren't the problem. You began to see the radio, the advent of the radio. That did begin to introduce, I suppose, at a... a, kind of a pebble in the pond, what we see in today's reality. Yeah, you had radio shows and things like that, but still you were predicated on the mind and the and the imagination of the mind in order to formulate scenes and, and show things visually within your own mind's eye. See, it wasn't all laid out for you. There was people reading the stories. There was actors and sound effects and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, it was still your own mind and your own intellect that was imagining the puzzle. So again, were you influenced by things outside the family? Yes. Make no mistake about it. But I don't think it was in any form or fashion what we are seeing today. What we're seeing today didn't really begin to take place until... I mean, it happened before this. But really, the the golden age of television, I would say, would be the 1950s. That's when you really began to see people sitting around that big proverbial light box in the den and slipping into that alpha mind state, that hypnagogic state. You began to see commercials targeting different demographics. You began to see all those things Edward Bernays wrote about with his book Propaganda really coming into play. Did you see that with the rise of of these rudimentary silent films and later films with sound and audio from the 30s and 40s? Yes. But this wasn't, I don't think, what we would recognize as influential today because it wasn't in everybody's home. It was something wasn't really for everyone. But all those would be classified as influences. They would be beginning to break away 
the bonds and the imprinting from the family, from those two crucial members, the mother and the father. So by the 60s, it was really full bore where you had color television, more televisions in homes than we had ever seen prior to that. More shows targeting various demographics, greater influence by the commercials, greater influence by the stars of that time than ever before. And with that, you began to see the televised sports games more than ever. It wasn't just radio where you were sitting there with your radio listening to the World Series or listening to the championship game or what have you. All that was brought to you by the TV. So again, I go back to this point. With the 60s being that crucial, crucial tipping point in our society. Everything I've already covered with the CIA shipping in drugs, peddling them to college campuses, a la the electric Kool-Aid acid test. You saw those definitely not grassroots countercultural movements become uh, commonplace. You saw the rise of the pill. You saw the rise of of birth control being really available to people on a massive scale. You saw the removal from the school, removal of God from the school. You saw the influence from the left in the schools. And it just proceeded downward and downward, that downward spiral as we moved into the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, and beyond. So that's kind of where it kicked off. But all those things served to sever the familial ties to sever the influence and sever the imprinting that was once that sacrosanct bonding relationship between the mother, the father, and the offspring. And I'd be remiss if I didn't discuss the school system, now wouldn't I? See, with Dewey and the like, we really saw the rise of the public education system Late 1800s, but again, I would say really came into the full-bore, mechanized public school of today in the 1900s. Here again, you saw all this imprinting. You saw all of this learning and all of this indoctrination on a very mechanized system and a mechanized scale. You saw the rise of kindergarten. That wasn't there before. You see, 12 years just wasn't enough. You had to have that extra little year, that extra little time to break that familial bond and wean them from mother even sooner, to get them into that public indoctrination center even sooner. Following the Frankfurt School Prussian models of kindergarten, a child garden in the German, right? Sooner and sooner. Longer and longer classes. Longer and longer school days. Longer and longer lapses of time between that bonding from mother and offspring. And then you flash forward and you see all those interruptions from the radio, from the television, from the devices, from the computers, from everything that we see today. 
breaking those bonds. You saw the rise of second and third wave feminism pushing women out of the home. You saw everything from good old Woodrow Wilson coming into play with the rise of the income tax, the rise of the Federal Reserve. So now you got inflation and you couple that with the second and third wave of feminism and you say, well, women need to work. They want to work. It's their right to work. So now you've got even more stumbling blocks now, don't you? Because now you don't have mommy or daddy at home, and you can shuffle them into daycare. You can shuffle them into kindergarten. You can shuffle them into the public indoctrination centers, so you've got even less imprinting. And, of course, you've got no-fault divorce by the late 60s, alongside a no-God in school, no-God in court, the rise of promiscuity with the pill, the rise of abortion by the 70s. And dare I, I say you've got hardly any reason to imprint anymore because now they've told you children over, they're a, a bother. That's going to be a bother from all the fun we're having, right? All the fun we're having fornicating with no God in sight. Fornicating with abortion on demand, fornicating with the pill, fornicating on the big screen, fornicating on the small screen. It's all there for you folks. And that imprinting just ain't important anymore. Because who needs old mom and dad when you got the idiot box? You got tons of great movies being pushed out in the 50s and 60s too, right? And we got pushed out even more movies by the 70s, 80s, and beyond. We got a whole culture predicated on sitting around watching the idiot box. Sitting around watching the big silver screen sitting around and being entertained. But guess what? You see, that imprinting thing didn't go away. Just the mechanism of the imprintation changed a bit. Now it's not dear old mom and dad or grandma and grandpa, no. Because those familial ties are severed. Now it's more and more important to move wherever you want to move cross country. We got planes, trains, and automobiles. We got the military industrial complex. Creating towns just for you to work. Yeah, you can work at NASA, you can work at Lockheed Martin, you can work at some skunk works, you can work in McLean, Virginia, you can work in all these big old military industrial complex created towns and cities and otherwise. And all that imprinting has taken place everywhere but with dear old mom and dad now. See, now we're in the 70s and we've begun pushing this notion of family being trivial. That's not that important. Everybody's a latchkey kid now. Everybody's got divorced parents and that's okay because the rise of third wave feminism says it's great. Because mom is now the center of everything, the center of it all and Kick dad out of the home. We've imprisoned dad with the war on drugs and the infiltration of the drug culture. 
And we've mesmerized everyone into thinking that's cool anyway, right? It's cool to do drugs. It's cool to be a drunk piece of trash. It's cool to be counterculture. It's cool to be against the norm. See, all that's so cool. And if you're not into that cool new lifestyle, well, you're square, man. And now we've got two generations deep when grandma is saying it's square too. All that imprinting took its toll on multiple generations. All that imprinting from everything but what matters. All that imprinting from everything that's not mom and dad. That's not the church. Because you see, the church is square too. After all, we've removed God from the school and the church and the uh, the courthouse walls. And I almost had a Freudian slip, but yeah, I'd say the church, we've almost removed God from the church too. Because now we don't want to say anything to offend anyone. Ruffle anybody's feathers. We don't want to preach the gospel. We want to preach uh, a kinder, gentler, more tolerant God. It's just, it's okay, brah. Because we're piggybacking on that. Uh, Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Do what thou wilt shall be the mantra of the 70s. And sliding on into the 80s with harder drugs, third wave feminism. The ever-widening gap in separation between family and offspring. And like I said before, everybody but those important pieces are doing the imprinting. Because if you're afraid to talk about these topics with your kid, rest assured someone else will. I mean, I've said that many times. It ain't my saying. It's somebody else's. But the truth, the truth, no matter who says it. So if you don't want to talk about the tough stuff with your kid, you don't want to talk about drugs and suicide and sex and the new world order, we don't want to scare them with the new world order. That's okay. Because the public indoctrination centers will talk about all that and then some. Just take a take a little browse and peruse the news of today. The very bogus left-leaning, if not left-falling-down news of today will tell you the same thing. Because now, it's worse than ever. Who's doing the imprinting? Well, it's your favorite celebrity, right? It's the Kardashians. Yeah. It's the big sports stars. Mm-hmm. LaChina James. Ring it a bell, yeah? It's all the movie stars, too. They're, they're, they're all too quick to tell you how wrong you are and how right they are. You just need to be more liberal, more accepting, more tolerant. You see, the reality is, folks, is we need to get back to the imprinting from dear old mom and dad and the imprinting from the uh, the real Bible, you know, the... All those passages they don't cover in church and all those scriptures they don't want to talk about because it might hurt somebody's feelings. I'll touch on this in another episode. I assurely, assure you I will. But it's time to do some separating. That separation of the wheat from the chaff. 
you see they want to they want to spin this yarn that it's all about acceptance and tolerance and one love bra whatever it takes man whatever gets you through the night man well that's really not what the bible tells you i mean time and time again it tells you kind of the opposite actually the chosen people people following the the law of the lord and so forth tower of babel i mean the the noah's flood you know all that stuff kind of kind of tells you a little bit of a different story doesn't it who am i to say i mean i'm not a biblical scholar or anything i'm sure someone far more intelligent than me will contradict me and tell me they've got tons of clerical background and degrees and all that good stuff but uh in my world and in my humble opinion we need to separate separate from the weakness separate from the scum because society will tell you that it's all okay we should just become one with the filth i guess until we're all one big toxic morass of sludge but the john age project will tell you quite the opposite see we live in an anomic age now and that sense of anime is actually predicated on just what i said it's a discord between two groups it's a discord between two realities two generations to sects of the society or culture. That enemy arises when there is no coalescence anymore between those two. And it's not happenstance that I came up with that years ago. Because that's what we were going through years ago. We're just going through that to the 10th power now. And I suggest that we should not accept, but in fact reject. Reject the filth, reject the scum, reject the depravity. And be very careful what you allow yourself to be imprinted by. And specifically, and perhaps most importantly, your offspring, your family to be imprinted by. No one wants to hear this either. But as the man of the house, men out there, yeah, those folks, if you can't figure that out, take a gander uh, down below and you can figure this out for yourself, I, I assure you. But the men of the house out there, contrary to what they'll tell you in the news, in the television, streaming series, the latest movie, the men folk are the first and last lines of defense in the house it's our duty job and obligation to protect our household from harm that's our job folks and that harm comes in more faces now than ever comes in the face from the television comes in the face from the radio, comes in the face from the sports stars, from the streaming services, from the devices, from the computers, from all forms and factions around us. This is why I called it a pincer attack earlier, yeah. 
because it closes in on all sides and pushes it all towards the middle, towards the middle of accepting it all and being tolerant and one love, brah, when in fact we should be quite the opposite. So be careful what is imprinting on you because I don't care how old you are, something can imprint upon you if you allow it. So what I'm saying there is if you're surrounding yourself with scum, that scum is going to imprint on you. And if you're a parent, then that imprintation will imprint on your children. So we got to be very careful what we let in. What we let into us and by proxy what we let into our children. Because if you live in the 21st century uh, scum hole that we live in and you allow all these outside influences to imprint and influence your children, then you're not that mama goose that I talked about in the beginning. You're not even second, third, or fourth fiddle if you allow all, all that to occur now. So all those times you say, oh, just watch this show. I got something to do. Oh, just play with your little advice. I got something to do. Oh, here, just play with the phone. I got something to do. You are allowing outside influences to influence and imprint upon your children. And if you're surrounding yourself with scum, I don't care if it's family, friends, a show you're watching. Oh, I want to watch my Netflix show. It's so important. All that stuff, all those idle distractions are taken away from the time you should be spending with your children. You should be spending imprinting them with the good godly information that should well inside you and become your essence. So I've mentioned this many times before where I said we got to circle our wagons, our wagons, like our individual family wagons. We got to circle our wagons and get our stuff in order because no one's going to do it for you. In fact, everyone's going to prevent you from doing it and try to stop you from doing it by stupid idle distraction, by going to this event or that event or this event or that event. Oh, we got to get the kids involved in this, that and the other and so forth and so on. Yeah, that's cute and everything, but... We're coming to the end of the game here, folks. Every minute, if not every second, counts. So make sure you're doing the right thing. Make sure you are imprinting and not letting your children be imprinted by other influences. We don't have time to waste I mean, it's the fourth quarter, we're behind, and there's only a few minutes left in the game. So we need to stop Mickey Mousing around and, and come correct with what we're supposed to be doing in the first place. There's an old song, well, it's not that old, I guess, but some people won't like it, but then again, uh, you know what I think about some people. It's a 90s era song from a band I used to love. Hardcore band called Earth Crisis. I say used to. I still love Earth Crisis. I love that first record anyway. Well, excuse me. I love the first and second record. The first record being All Out War. The second record being Firestorm. 
And I would recommend Firestorm to darn near anybody. That's a great record. It's a great record. But one of the best songs, which kind of blends in with the title of the the title song off the record, Firestorm, it blends right into this second song called Forged in the Flames. Yes. Forged in the Flames of Chaos. Hammered by trials to tempered steel. Convictions tried and tested. Onto a razor's edge that's true and real. Wrought between the hammer and the anvil, strength that will never break. The weakness that surrounds is the evil that I forsake. Man, that is truer than it's ever been. The weakness that surrounds is the evil that I forsake. You see, even at that early adolescence age, I thought and was absolutely right in thinking that so much of our society was weak, pathetic scum. And unfortunately, I've only been proven right a hundredfold. So again, I would say we need to distance ourselves from the weakness, from the evil and from the scum. If you don't agree with me, that's cool. Do what you want. That's what I'm doing. So I'm not going to pretend it's okay. I'm not going to... I'm not going to jump in a a proverbial uh, pile of something and think I'm going to get out smelling and and looking like a rose because that ain't happening. I'm going to try my best to distance me and my ilk from the filth and the scum And the trash. Because there's only a few minutes in the game. And we're in the fourth quarter. And we're still behind. It's time to D up. It's time to get in the game. It's time to do what we're supposed to do. And what you should have done all along. Be that positive imprinting force. In the lives. For yourself. For your family, for your children. And, you know, if other people want to to take your positive imprintation, that's cool. But remember what I said and what matters. Until next time, you can't do everything, but you can do something. Get out there and do your part. Make that difference. Be safe out there. I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomic Age. Thank you for listening to The Anomic Age, a John Age project. For past shows, further info, and to comment, go to anomicage.com. That's A N O M I C A G E.com. Till next time, thank you for listening to The Anomic Age. Thank <laughs> you.